Hey, what's up, automotive world? This is the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name's Sean Tipping. I'm going to be bringing you another tech tip today. The tech tip for this week is something that I wanted to talk about. I've run into uh, many, many times, and I'm aware of it, and it still kind of throws me off sometimes. And that's the whole reason I'm talking about it is uh, even though we are aware of this and it is uh, common on a lot of control modules, uh, it can still kind of mess with our testing uh, if we're not paying attention to what's going on. And of course, if we're just not aware of it, it'll really throw us off. So here's what I'm talking about today. An intentional shutdown of a circuit. And this is a circuit that is controlled by an electronic control module. You know, I'm going to be talking about engine control modules today, but really could be any control module. And it is going to be an output of said module. So it's something that's doing some work. And actually, in this case, I'm going to mention uh, three different vehicles, and they're all coils of wire, basically. You know, one's a relay. One's a solenoid, one's a field coil and an alternator, but essentially, electronically, they're all coils of wires. Um, it is a load. It is an output. It's taking some current. It's doing some work. Okay. So this isn't so much on the input side of things. This is on the output side of things. And modern control modules, heck, they've been doing this for a while. So maybe modern is not even the correct word to use there, but they haven't always done this, but modern control modules, are going to intentionally shut down output circuits in order to protect the driver within the PCM. And when I say driver, I mean the transistor that is located inside the PCM on the board that is going to be pulse width modulating or maybe in some cases just turning on and off this circuit. But that transistor, that driver, has the current of that circuit actually flowing through it. Okay, so current is the same everywhere in the circuit. So let's say we have a solenoid that is going to be controlled by a PCM. And let's say the solenoid has a constant ground. Okay. It's always grounded and the PCM supplies power to it. Of course, it's probably the other way around in real life. But anyways, for this example, um, the PCM is going to have a driver, which when closed, when activated, I realize a transistor doesn't physically close, but when the circuit is complete by that transistor, it's going to be sending voltage or power to that solenoid. So we're completing the circuit. Current is now flowing through that circuit, not only through the solenoid, you know, creating that magnetic field, but through the wire and through that transistor, which is located inside the PCM. So one of the goals of the PCM here is to monitor the current flow that's actually going through that circuit for that output. And it is looking to see, is the amount of current going through this circuit correct? Okay. And if it's not, it will intentionally shut down this circuit. Okay. And so all this measuring that it's doing, the current flow through this circuit is happening within the PCM. This is not a separate sensor. This is all board level stuff. You know, some of them are going to use a bias voltage and some uh, resistors and voltage drop methods. To be honest, they don't really release a whole lot of the information on exactly how it's done, but we do know it is being done. Uh, they are monitoring these circuit. Even if it's it's not like a inductive clamp, like maybe you'll see around a battery cable to with a charging system, but 
again, within the PCM, it has its methods to determine what is the current flow through this circuit. How much current is this solenoid, we'll say in this case, supposed to be drawing? And let's just say it's an amp. And the PCM expects when I turn this circuit on, when I send power to that solenoid, I expect that solenoid to take an amp of current, one amp. If it is above that amount, let's say the solenoid shorted or maybe the wire is shorted, it is going to draw much more current than it's supposed to. And the circuit, the transistor, the board and the PCM may not be intended for that amount of current. It's probably not, especially if it's a straight short to ground in that case. It is not meant to handle that amount of current. Well, if we go way, way back, you know, 90s and stuff, what would happen in that case is the the PCM, the control module is not monitoring for that. It would still go. It would still try to activate that output because that's what it's designed to do. The amount of current would flow through and usually the transistor itself would be the thing that would burn out. Uh, that, that would generally be where you'd see a failure there. And then it's replacement of the PCM, or maybe you can crack it open and solder in a new transistor, but there could be circuit board damage as well. Again, current flows the same everywhere in the circuit. And so if there's a potential for damage, you know, it could really happen anywhere on that circuit. But anyways, a lot of the time, that means a computer replacement. That's expensive. So as time has progressed, engineers have built in these fail-safes to monitor these circuits. And if the computer, if the control module, the processor has determined that that circuit is drawing too much current, it can actually shut down that circuit. Okay, And we see this a lot uh, with a number of different things. I'm going to bring up a few examples here today, but the idea is to protect itself from any damage. Okay. And if we're not aware of this, if we're not aware the computer is intentionally shutting down that driver, that circuit, we could perceive the PCM to be at fault when really it's doing its job. Now, I've seen this done with, you know, something as low amperage as a relay circuit. And this would be the control side of a relay. If the amperage is not right, it can shut down that circuit. And another example of this, and this would be a Volkswagen, and this kind of brings up another point here. This was a air conditioning, an AC compressor. And this particular AC compressor on this Volkswagen utilized a solenoid. And I believe the solenoid's, you know, going to change the displacement within the AC compressor. Actually, I think it might have been one of the clutchless ones, but I, th that doesn't really matter. Either way, there's a solenoid that controls the compressor output. This solenoid is going to be controlled by the PCM. Okay. So again, this is simple output, just needs power and ground. Probably going to be pulse width modulated. It is in this case, but the solenoid had failed on this Volkswagen. It was open. It just it was not working. It was electrically open. And we went to test to see, because we didn't know that it was open, you know, one of our tests, okay, we've determined the compressor's not doing anything, the system's charged, it's not building any pressure up. And one of the traditional tests that I'll do in an air conditioning, you know, problem where the compressor's not doing anything is, is it getting power and ground? Now, in most cases, we're testing a uh, clutch coil. Um, this was a solenoid, but whatever, it's the same thing. I don't know. Is this thing getting power and ground? 
Well, we tested it, and what we were using was a test light. And a test light's, you know, going to be a reasonable tool for a lot of testing. It works very well. You know, 300 milliamps on most test lights, the average one, they're not all like that. But 300 milliamps, um, you know, that's low enough current where I'm thinking, in most cases, I'm not going to damage anything. And it still is possible, but... I'm going into this thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to damage anything. Um, you know, this solenoid is probably going to pull closer to an amp of current or maybe more. I don't know exactly, but I'm guessing my test light's a safe alternative. And what my goal here is, is to put the test light in place of this solenoid, try to activate the AC and see if it you know, turns on if it does anything. And in this case, it wouldn't. Nothing happened with the test light. So based off of that test alone... This could throw you off. This could make you think, okay, well, the, the PCM's not actually trying to control this. Maybe we have a circuit issue. Maybe we have a driver issue. What's actually happening here? Well, here's the deal, and this is important to remember too, and this is why I bring this up. I'm not going to go through every detail on this particular Volkswagen, but the current that's being drawn for this circuit that upsets the PCM, that forces it into that intentional shutdown doesn't necessarily have to be too much. It can just be not right. It can actually be less than the current draw that it would expect. And it can shut down the circuit in that fashion too. And I've seen that happen where a test light used in place of whatever the output is, even if the output draws more current than that test light normally, it can still shut it down because it's not the right amount of current. And I'm sure it has some window that's looking at uh, that when it, how it's going to decide you know, when it turns it on and when it's going to shut it off, but my test light was not a good replacement. Now, you could make the argument that testing is better done with everything connected. Sure, and I would agree with you. If everything is working, testing is definitely best done with the circuit complete with its normal load. And we can pierce the wire, we can back probe it, we can tie into the circuit, use a scope, whatever we need to do in order to determine is this circuit actually functioning. Well, again, the problem becomes if your actual load has failed, if that solenoid is open, then we'd have to find something that would replace that solenoid equally. Now, how are you going to know exactly what the amperage draw is for that particular component? Maybe you do. Maybe you have experience. Maybe you have a known good, um, anything like that. But just here's the thing. Keep in mind that our tools that we're using for testing may not equal the same amount of current draw. They may not satisfy the computer and the circuitry in order for it to turn it on. So if we're testing and we think, okay, this circuit is disabled, something's wrong with it, um, that may be intentional. Now, where where's our giveaway? How do we know that this is going on? Because it's not always clearly labeled in service information, at least not from what I've found. How do we know that this PCM is actually shutting down a circuit? Well, most of the time, you're going to get a code to go along with this. And this is one of the reasons that doing a pre-scan to a vehicle, an all-system DTC scan, is really, really important. Because before you pull anything apart, before you start actually testing and setting codes... You should be doing your DTC scan, especially of the module you're dealing with, but just do it to the whole car. And in almost every instance that I can think of that where I have had a circuit that's intentionally shut down by the PCM for a current-related issue, there is going to be a circuit code set, okay? So if you have a circuit code for a particular uh, component 
if you have a circuit code in there, always consider that with that code, whether it describes it to you in the service information or not, in the DTC information or not, it may say, it may not say in there, just assume that there is a chance, especially if it's an output, that that circuit could be shut down as long as that code's present. Okay, And you can try clearing the code while you're monitoring the circuit, see if it comes back to life real quick um, before the code sets again. You could try you know, finding the correct uh, resistor or load to put in place of your failed output, clearing the code. Does that test light light up? Does that bulb light up? What happens if I make the computer think that it is actually operating that component? That's an option there too. But there is our big giveaway. There's where we really want to pay attention to the codes because they're going to inform us that this computer is unhappy with something on a circuit. And again, we don't know whether it's going to shut down the circuit or not. It's not always clear in service information. You know, now that I'm even talking about this, I've even seen this on inputs as well. Um, this is all about outputs, but I've even seen the same thing on inputs on Chevy trucks. And there is a service bulletin on this. On Chevy trucks, if you disconnect one of the wheel speed sensors, and these are the uh, active style um, magneto resistive digital wheel speed sensors. If you disconnect one of them and the PC, or I'm, I'm sorry, the ABS control module sees that that circuit's open, it's going to actually disable that circuit until you clear all the codes. So if let's say it was unplugged or the wire is broken and you're going to go in and do some testing, you're not going to see any of that signal voltage coming out of the ABS controller until you go in you know, you're going to have to complete the circuit somehow or another, clear the codes, and then that reference voltage is going to be back from the PCM. So we even see this on input sides. Um, the one that I did want to talk about here today was a Jeep that I recently dealt with. Um, it was one of the, I'm trying to think, it was a Compass. It was one of the front-wheel drive models, has a 2.0 engine in it, and the alternator was not charging the battery. Okay, so generally these are pretty straightforward diagnosis to figure out why a vehicle is not charging. I take a look, you know, do my basics, of course, um, you know, checking the battery, making sure the belt's on there, making sure everything's plugged in, checking the big cable to the alternator. It's kind of buried on this one, but you can get to it from underneath. Uh, not too bad. And there are only two wires going to, two smaller wires going to the alternator in order to operate it. And really only one of those is for the control. So Inside the alternator, we have a field coil, um, and that's going to be constantly grounded through the alternator. So you have one wire that comes from the PCM that is going to pulse with modulate battery voltage to the field coil to get the output from the charging system that it's looking for. Okay, so I do a quick check at the alternator, and I don't have anything on that control wire. Okay, so I go up to the PCM. It's very easy to get to up by the battery. And I test there as well, um, back probed at the PCM there on the control wire for this alternator. And again, I don't have anything. I think there was like a little blip on my U-scope because I was checking with a scope for a pulse with modulated signal. And there was, a, there was a little activity, but there obviously wasn't enough to power the alternator. It's not charging the battery. So what I want to do in this point, and I, ha I hadn't scanned this thing yet. I'm working towards that. But what I want to do at this point is just see 
okay, maybe the computer has shut down the circuit because the output, the alternator, the circuit's, you know, not where it needs to be. And so, and I probably should have checked codes first, but hey, you know, sometimes we don't uh, follow our own advice. And so anyways, what I did next was, because I'm just under the hood, I'm just trying stuff. I actually jumped power to this circuit. Okay. So again, this is a control wire, goes to the field coil. The PCM normally provides power on this circuit. So I know I'm safe to apply B plus to this circuit. I just want to see, does the alternator work? Okay. If the alternator's dead, you know, when I'm applying power to this circuit, I can pretty much assume that the PCM's intentionally shutting it down. Again, I don't know that for sure, but I, I'm just working my way through here. I'm doing different tests and we'll, we'll get to the eventual conclusion. Now, here's where it kind of threw me off here. The, uh, the alternator did actually come on. I heard it. It like almost stalled the engine at an idle uh, because it's full fielding itself. And I'm like, okay, well, the alternator does work here. So now, now I actually do think maybe there is a circuit problem with this PCM. I've got to consider that. So now I'm going to hook up my scan tool and I want to see what's going on here. Now I realize, you know, I probably could have set a circuit code with what I'm doing. And so I clear everything out that was in there and it was only a couple codes. One of them was an alternator circuit code. I think it was a P0622, if I remember correctly. And it immediately comes back. I've got everything connected. I'm not jumping anything anymore. I just want to see what happens. And it immediately sets this P0622. Okay, so the definition for this code, it is that it is the generator field coil circuit. And it doesn't give you a ton of information here. What it wants you to do is basically make sure that that control wire is not shorted to voltage, not shorted to power, uh, I'm sorry, not shorted to ground, and that there's not excess resistance on that wire. That's, you know, typical flow charts having you do this. But then the last step within the flow chart is actually pretty helpful. And this is another tip, and that's kind of why I'm bringing this sort of thing up, that you can do because at this point, here's what I'm considering. My alternator works. I just, I've seen, I see it work. It is, it can charge the battery if I apply power to it. So is the alternator at fault here or is the PCM at fault? And I know my circuit's good because I applied power from the PCM connector. Now, maybe a pin fit issue. Of course, I'll check that too. But right now I'm just thinking the problem could be the PCM. It's setting a circuit code. Maybe the circuit problem is internal. But here's what you can do here. Use your scan tool. Again, scan tool, awesome, great tool. Go into your bidirectional controls and whatever output that you are trying to operate, see if there's a bidirectional control for it. Force that PCM to do something on that circuit. And they actually tell you in the flowchart, this is the last or second to last step, um, is to put a test light in place of the alternator. What I did was put my test light in place, you know, controlled the circuit with the scan tool, told the PCM, activate this circuit, and it was able to do that. It lit my test light. So now, okay, the PCM can actually do this. It can actually control the circuit. It can send current through it. It can light up my test light. So what's what's going on here? Well, it is the alternator that's at fault. Even though it was working, even though it was charging, it wasn't the right amount of current to go through that circuit. The PCM did not like 
what was going on on that circuit as far as current draw was. You know, maybe the field coil was shorted. I didn't go to the trouble of measuring the amperage here. But what I do know is that my circuit's good. My PCM has control over it. And even though that alternator turns on and it's doing something, uh, that doesn't mean that the PCM is going to be happy with it. So replacement of alternator charge is just fine. The driver and the PCM is okay. It shut itself down like it's supposed to. Um, one thing to keep in mind as well, when it has a code for one of these circuit shutdowns, even after you fix the problem, you got the right component in there, everything's complete, the current draw would be okay, it may still keep that circuit off until you clear the code with, manually with a scan tool. Okay, And I don't know how it would take so many key cycles, I guess, for it to clear itself, but you know, for testing purposes, go in there, clear that code out of there and see if everything comes back to life because it may not do it automatically. So just one more piece of information to remember about these intentional circuit shutdowns. So I hope all that made sense um, as kind of a roundabout way to get there on that Jeep. But the fact that the alternator was actually working in a sense kind of threw me off. But when we consider, you know, how these things work and the tools we have is at our disposal, um, we can you do different things to verify, does that driver in the PCM work? Is the circuit okay? Where is this load at? Um, lots of stuff that goes into it. It makes testing alone confusing sometimes, but uh, we can still think our way through it. And as long as we're aware of these types of things, we can do some additional tests to get us the right answer, not jump to the conclusion that, oh, yep, PCM's failed. It doesn't have control over that circuit anymore. Uh, one other thing I should mention here, because this is brought up a lot with intentional circuit shutdown, uh, fuel injectors can be shut down and those aren't shut down because of current always. Maybe they are at certain points. Injectors can be shut down for catalyst damaging misfire. A lot of us are aware of that, but don't be fooled if the PCM is not pulsing an injector because of a catalyst damaging misfire. It's trying to save the cat. Dumping raw fuel into a cat is going to get it red hot right now. <laughs> I've seen it happen where they're glowing hot after about 15 seconds of running with raw fuel. So the computer knows that, or the program that's built into it knows that it shuts down that injector. Um, again, the giveaway there is if you scope it, it'll actually pulse it a few times on startup, and then it will turn itself off. Of course, there'll be a code. It won't be an injector circuit code in that case. It's going to be a misfire code, a catalyst damaging misfire code. So a little bit of a difference there, but again, same strategy, computers trying to protect something um, and we need to be aware of the strategy behind it. All right, one final thing to wrap up this tech tip, and this is actually a throwback to one of my previous tech tips. I had mentioned actually a couple times about the ambient temperature sensors on Fords and the temperature reading on the interior of the vehicle being difficult to reset. And I mentioned you could do a capacitive discharge, you could reset the cam in the PCM. Well, uh, one of our community members, Ethan Hicks, actually posted something from service information on our Facebook group. And it states that if you want to reset what the temperature reads on the interior of the vehicle, which is what I want, so it activates the compressor after repair, you press the AC and the recirculate button simultaneously and then release it and within two seconds that should update. So that's right out of Ford Service Info. 
thank you so much for finding that for me. I should be reading service information, obviously, but that's why having a community is great. And I love the input, uh, you know, from other people because there's no way one of us can know it all. Uh, We're stronger together as a community. We can pool our knowledge and help each other out. I really like that. That's awesome. So I wanted to share that because, hey, that's faster than actually going in through a scan tool and clearing the cam and the PCM. So um, that's it for today. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed that and got something out of that. Uh, We'll see you again next time. But until then, let's get out there and start fixing the world one car at a time.